to Treatland. This is the podcast where you, the listener, share your favorite food memories from childhood. We'll be playing your audio clips and reading your stories, and we'll definitely be sharing a few of our own along the way. Each episode has its own food-related theme. If you like what you hear today, please subscribe to our show. A fast food story that I can think of is actually one of my happiest memories, sadly. Um, it's back when I was in middle school, I believe. I, um, I used to always try to get my mom to let me stay home sick from middle school because I hated it. So it was always like a hassle. It was not easy to trick my mom into thinking I was sick. So um, one day I was just the right amount of sick where I was able to convince my mom that I needed to stay home from school, but not sick enough where I felt uncomfortable or was struggling or anything. And I just remember being so happy that my mom let me stay home. And I ended up, I think Halloween Town 2 had just come out. So I got KFC and I ended up watching Halloween Town 2 that night. And I just remember like wrapping up in this big blanket and I had this box of KFC. It had like different sections. I think it was a cardboard box that had like a section with the fried chicken, a section with mashed potatoes and gravy and all the good stuff. And I was just laying there eating my KFC, watching Disney Channel. And I was like, this is pure happiness right here. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. This is Treatland episode number five, and today we're talking about fast food. If you think I sound slightly similar to the story that you just heard at the top of the show, that is because that was my brother, and I know we have a similar monotone voice, so I apologize for that, but I just loved his story. It was kind of the inspiration for this episode. And I just love my brother. So thank you, CJ. You can find him at Ritz Carlton on Instagram. Everyone, thank you for being here once again and enjoy the show. I hope there are some uh, people who remember or contribute stories about Red Barn. I think it was in Ohio, Pennsylvania, and New York. And I live in Western New York. Um, and in the like late 70s or mid to late 70s, we used to go there every once in a while um, for a treat because we didn't really eat fast food too often. So that was a big, big deal. We got to go there. The um, It had kind of a farm theme. And my dad was a farmer at the time. And I, I didn't really like how Red Barn felt like uh, farming was kind of silly. You know, it was like, I don't know not the Bronco burger, but something like that. And, uh, um, but the fries, oh my gosh, they were so good. And they gave you a lot and they were really salty and pretty greasy. They were delicious. My brother and I still talk about those fries, uh, at the corner of happy and unhealthy. And I say that because, um, that Red Barn, uh, location is now a Walgreens. My favorite fast food 
memory would have to be um, the McDonald's birthday cakes. Now, uh, they don't have them anymore. Uh, this was a big thing in the late 80s, mid-90s. I think they started in the 70s. I'm not a historian. You do the research, uh, listeners. But uh, I grew up in rural Mississippi. Now, I didn't have a lot of money. Everyone starts their stories like that. I, I literally didn't. And uh, on the rare occasion that we went to McDonald's, it was it was a big to-do. Uh, the Happy Meals were always great. The chicken nuggets, the chicken nuggets were too expensive. I had to get a hamburger, not a cheeseburger, a hamburger, because it was a dollar ninety nine. But I digress. Um, the birthday cakes were something else. Uh, on the on the occasion that a family member would have a birthday party, we had no big places or. Uh, like everyone has nowadays, like your Chuck E. Cheese's, your Sky Zones, whatever. We had a McDonald's in the middle of a cotton field. And everyone had their birthday party there. So on the occasion that a cousin of mine would have a birthday party there, we would go wild and crazy and they would supply the birthday cakes. And these birthday cakes were like maybe a quarter size of a sheet cake, like the typical size that your mom would make you in the baking pan. And they would come with all the yellow and red icing. And they had these gigantic sugar wafer action figure size, uh, little thing decorations. And they were edible of grimace and birdie and Ronald McDonald. And I'm not kidding. When I tell you this, my family would fist fight over those things because they are pure sugar. It's like, I mean, it's literally pure sugar. You're eating a cookie made of sugar, not, not flour or anything else. It's a gigantic sugar Ronald McDonald. And everybody wanted one. And I know that the rule of thumb is to give it to the birthday boy or girl. The note. Uh, there was, there was many of fights, many of, uh, drinks thrown, uh, over a big sugar wafer, Ronald McDonald. And the cake was, uh, if I ate it today, I'd probably find it disgusting, but I'm sure it's on the level of like a Walmart cake or something you buy off the shelf at a grocery store that's already pre-made. Nothing fancy. It's just growing up not having anything fun to do around and have and seeing that McDonald's birthday cake was just mesmerizing. And I will never forget that. We have some really good stories this week. That first one comes to us courtesy of Julie Zach. She's a graphic design professor in Buffalo, New York. And that second story comes courtesy of Doug Bell from the Carpenter Rants Horror Podcast. Check it out at the Carpenter Rants. Thank you, guys. When I think of fast food, I think about Dairy Queen. I mean, I think about McDonald's, too, and I think about their French fries. And I think of a lot of different fast food restaurants, drive throughs Most of them accompany the thought of feeling awful immediately after eating um, an amazingly tasting item. 
So oftentimes I steer away from the fast food options that are around simply because of the memory that follows the um, positive reinforcement of the taste that is then coupled by the extreme regret afterwards. However, when it comes to Dairy Queen, I have never gotten the regretful memory accompanied by the food. So um, Dairy Queen tends to be my go-to when I am needing or wanting a little treat that's easily accessible. Um, oftentimes what I do after going for a hike, um, especially uh, when I was living out in the Seattle area, is after enjoying um, a... Uh, easy, moderate, or more challenging hike over the weekend. Um, while it does seem counterintuitive, because of my sheer joy of grabbing an ice cream from Dairy Queen, I always made it a tradition to follow up the um, healthy, enjoyable um, practice of going hiking with a lovely um, ice cream dipped in chocolate in a cone from Dairy Queen. So my go-to when I drive through the Dairy Queen or stop to pick up some food would be a vanilla soft serve in a cone dipped in chocolate, always with a spoon on the side because it's very likely going to be dripping and you don't want to have to deal with that. But I'm always sure to get one of their sugar cones because those are always my favorite when it comes to that memory associated with Dairy Queen and never having any regret with that fast food restaurant. When Rebecca asked me if I had any fast food stories to share with this week's podcast, uh, initially I was like, of course, because I worked at McDonald's from the age of 14 until I finished high school. So you can imagine over all those years, you accumulate a lot of stories related to fast food. But I put a lot of thought in it and finally came up with the one story I really wanted to share. I think it's funny, but it's also a little bit gross. Uh, anyways. My brother also worked at McDonald's in high school, and typically him and I were both scheduled for the closing shift on Friday nights. So you'd always get the people who were impaired and thought they were being funny, and I would usually work the drive through and my brother would work in the kitchen. So one night a car came through, probably just a little bit before we closed, and it was a carload of guys that were saying a lot of things like, are you blonde? Are you single? What are you doing after work? Which I didn't find that amusing. Uh, anyways, they started to make their order and, you know, ordered a lot of customary type stuff. But then they came to two cheeseburgers extra greasy. And initially, I just typed it in as two cheeseburgers, thinking they were just being obnoxious. But they kept on repeating it, that they wanted those two cheeseburgers extra greasy. I read their order back to them, and I just said two cheeseburgers. And they said, no, those cheeseburgers are extra greasy. So at that point, I typed in two cheeseburgers extra butter. 
because there was no option for extra greasy in the till. So the grill slip went back to the kitchen and my brother, of course, picked it up and read it. And then he came to the drive-thru and showed it to me and said, is this for real? And I said, they kept on asking for their cheeseburgers extra greasy. So I guess so. So he goes, all right. And he goes back to the kitchen and starts making them. So at that point, I become curious about how he's going to create these extra greasy cheeseburgers. And I see that he's pulled out one of the grill pans that we keep the cooked meat on. And he's pouring the liquid from those pans onto the buns. Uh... I can't imagine what it was like to eat those cheeseburgers, but when my brother sent them through to the, the, the place where the food went before we bagged it for the customers, the cheeseburger papers were see-through from the amount of grease in them, and the cheeseburgers probably weighed double what they normally did. So I bagged them up and I gave them to the customer, which lo and behold actually was a carload of boys that also went to my high school. And it was an awkward moment when they came to the window, but I gave them their cheeseburgers extra greasy and they never came back to complain. So I suppose either they got exactly what they wanted or they learned that sometimes you should be careful what you ask for. That first story is from Jenna, who is a UX designer, and the second story is from Janet. And you can find Janet at Cheesy Poofs on Instagram. So growing up, my mom used to work at nights. So my brother and I would be with my dad. And on Fridays, he'd always take us, you know, out to eat or out to dinner. Um, Then we'd usually hit up like an arcade or the mall or something like this. So basically just to keep us occupied, we'd go to the toy store. And there was always different places we'd go. Little Caesars was one. But one of them we'd go to was Wendy's. And um, it was a time when Wendy's had like the super bar, which was kind of like their buffet basically instead of just getting cheeseburgers and fries you'd get a whole array of like other things like salads and not just that but they had like a mexican section where you could like build your own tacos and build your own nachos and they had this section where they had like pasta and like we just kind of go you know balls out and get like a bunch of different things and i actually think it was like the first time i ever had tacos was from the super bar as a kid and um man it was so good and like the cheese you can make the nachos and put all the different fixings on it and uh the pasta is what i remember the most because it was like these weird it's hard to explain like it was pasta like spaghetti but it wasn't like long strands it was almost like thicker but like smaller strands and the sauce was like very tomatoey like i don't think i've ever had sauce that tastes like that before so it's kind of been embedded in my brain ever since and man i love that thing i don't know if you guys remember the super bar so this is probably maybe late 80s maybe early early 90s that uh that we went here and uh, it's sad because it's closed now and wendy's basically just became another mcdonald's where back then i feel like it stood apart because it had these different options that you didn't get at mcdonald's and burger king and stuff it always felt kind of like above a fast food chain and uh it's kind of sad to see that go so if anybody remembers the super bar out there uh, think about it. Let me know. What were your favorite things uh, at the Super Bar? Mine was definitely the Mexican section and the pasta for sure. Hi, my name is Alex. Uh, in, I'm in my mid-30s. Uh, this is a little story I like to call the fried chicken chicken pox debacle. So I must have been in either kindergarten or first grade. Uh, it was the very early 90s. We're talking... 1990, 1991, around that time frame. 
And one thing my family family liked to do was we liked to order food out, uh, as many families did back then and still do. Uh, but for us, it was pretty special because I grew up in a predominantly Latino household. Spanish was the first spoken language, or my first spoken language. Um, and so we rarely ate a lot of outside food. But when we did, it was a really big deal. So, for example, we'd get KFC being one of the big ones. Uh, simply because at the time, the price was good for the amount of food you got. You get a bucket of chicken, you get all these sides, sodas before uh, the super size restrictions. So, literally, you'd get like a, a bucket of soda. And that'd be enough for the family. Um, anyways, and so we ordered uh, dinner one night when my cousin and his my, my aunt, his mom, were over. Um, and this was pretty common back then to have relatives over for dinner, like on a weekday night. And uh, we ordered a bunch of KFC back. And KFC back then, uh, I don't know, maybe it's because I was smaller or younger, but like it just seemed much larger back then. And the best thing I remember was the cornbread. The cornbread to me was such a foreign concept because, like I mentioned, growing up in a Latino household, cornbread isn't something that you see all the time. Even being born in the U.S. and being Americanized as I was, uh, cornbread to me still was like a bar of gold, essentially. And so my cousin and I probably, we are four years apart. He's my older cousin. And I love to make him laugh. That was like one of my big goals. Uh, and so when it was the kids' turn to eat, myself, my younger sister, my cousin, and we're at the dinner table eating while the adults were talking, doing whatever they do, uh, I remember my mom telling me, chew your food. Chew correctly. Stop talking. Stop joking. Of course, she's telling me all this in Spanish at an elevated voice, so I'm getting yelled at technically, slash, that's just a tone that she used at the time. And I was mid-joke trying to tell my cousin something. He's sitting across the dinner table from me. My sister's sitting to my left side. And I was about to say something when suddenly I, I, I couldn't breathe. I, I felt like, Oh, this is a new sensation. You know, I didn't know, I didn't understand what was happening. And so I froze. And surprisingly for as young as I was very calmly, uh, eloquently looked to my sister, tried to get the words out. I'm choking. Nothing came out. Then I panicked because I couldn't talk. I felt like, oh, no, like I, I lost my ability to speak. Something's wrong with me. I look at my cousin from across the table, and his face of joy from me telling the joke turns to absolute petrification or fear as he sees me unable to talk, making noises. He jumps out of his seat, runs to his mom, grabs, you know, tugs on her as she's sitting on the couch talking to my mom points to me, and then everyone, all the adults look at me and say, oh, Alex, what's wrong? And I muster up as much air <laughs> as I can get that's left inside of me, and I just state, I I'm joking, and I black out. The next thing I know, I come to, I'm being held upside down. My dad is holding me upside down by my legs, so grabbing me at my ankles and shaking me in midair, upside down. My mom is screaming on the telephone down the hallway. Uh, she's on the, on the line with paramedics. And I can hear her say clearly in English because of her accent, they said to hold him upside down. And the only thing I remember, or the, one of the big things I remember about that was in my hand, I still had the cornbread. I could see it crumbling in my hand as I'm upside down being shaken apart. And I'm still holding onto it as crumbs fly between my fingers and onto the carpeted floor. And I remember thinking at that time, should I take a bite of this? 
<laughs> while I'm being held upside down. Uh, you know, the ending of this is paramedics show up. I'm much better. They put me on a couch. They asked me a bunch of questions. I thought it was cool. First of all, the paramedics came to see me. Um, they were, you know, making sure I was okay, that I didn't have any brain damage or like immediate brain damage. They asked me how old I was. They asked me my name, what my favorite animal was, where do I go to school. Uh, and I got to ride in the paramedic. I got to ride in the ambulance. They took me to the hospital. They did some x-rays. And uh, the doctor said that I would pass, you know, whatever I was choking, I was going to pass in my system, no problem. Uh, fast forward to about two or three days later, I go to school. Uh, of course, my parents had told the school what had happened uh, because they're very overprotective of me at the time. And, you know, I have to have these kind of weird special lunches made, so like soft food options. It was really weird. Everybody else got to eat like nachos. Uh, in those two days, because it was like a uh, Thursday, Friday, I think. And Fridays, we had like pizza or nachos. It was a special lunch. And I didn't get that. I got Campbell's chicken noodle soup for two days for lunch. That was great. Um, but I come home, and I get itchy. And uh, my dad kind of investigates my back as he's giving me a bath. And I hear him say the word chicken pox. And immediately, I think, oh, no. It's because the chicken bone inside of me, I- I'm I'm... I got chickenpox, I'm mutating. And so I begin bawling in the bathtub. And I look at him and I tell him that I don't want to turn into a chicken and that I'll never eat KFC again. And he just laughs at me. Uh, but yeah, I got chickenpox after that. I missed our school field trip to the San Francisco Zoo. Huge bummer. But I did get to play uh, on the Super Nintendo that we just bought. Uh, I got to play Super Mario World, which was great. And uh, yeah, that's my story about KFC, chicken pox, and uh, me almost choking. That first story was brought to us courtesy of Garrett at Born to be Rad. And that second story was brought to us by Alex at A.E. Herrera. So I grew up being a Navy kid and I lived on base um, for like a little bit of my life. So when I used to live in Japan, um, my mom would often take me to this food court that was on base. And in that food court, there was uh, restaurants like Popeye's, Taco Bell, and Dunkin' Donuts. Um, sometimes we were in a rush to kind of get me to school. <laughs> and her first go-to, and something that I very vividly remember, is that she would get me the chocolate glazed donut holes at Dunkin' Donuts. And every time I think about Dunkin' Donuts, or just like anything chocolate donut related... That is the first thing that comes to mind. Um, funnily enough, recently she actually bought some chocolate donut holes, maybe like a couple weeks ago, and immediately I was transported to like where I was in my childhood, and just like eating those in the back of the car on my way to school, or just like even on like running on my way to school, I would be like eating one, or like I'd have like a little bag with me because that's how often I would go, <laughs> but. Every time I think about that, um, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. And I think that was like in the early thousands. So around that time, like, I feel like Dunkin' Donuts was pretty massive. But that would be, I think, the first thought when I think of fast food. I think also when I um, think about my childhood in that same food court, there was a Taco Bell. And I would also get like picked up early from school sometimes by my mom. And we would get the chicken quesadilla. And to this day, I will um, still order that. Like, it's my guilty pleasure food, admittedly. I feel like 
It's like my comfort food, honestly. It's so like gooey, cheesy. It's just like just enough. And like the sauce is really, really good. But I think like when I think of both of those foods, it takes me immediately back to Japan and just like living those memories there. Growing up, um, I used to love getting Happy Meals and getting the toy that would come with the Happy Meal. Um, my family lived near a lot of Burger Kings for some reason. Um, in my part of town, there were several of them, and uh, the mall had a Burger King as well, so I'd always stop there at the mall. Uh, anyway, I remember Burger King did a promotion for Pokemon, and I was in the fifth grade, and I'd get really excited to go to Burger King and to buy uh, a Happy Meal and get a little Pokemon toy that came in a Pokeball. Um, and I collected a bunch of these things. And then fast forward a few years, I was in high school and I hadn't <laughs> played with the toys in quite a long time. They were probably stashed in my closet somewhere. Uh, and I remember reading somewhere that Burger King did a recall on the pokey balls, the like not the toys, but the balls that they came in were like a choking hazard or something. So they had this program where you can bring in the pokey balls and get uh, a refund of um, a bag of French fries, like a small fry. So my family <laughs> went to the mall one time. And I brought a plastic bag full of Pokeballs. And I was in like the ninth grade and had this plastic bag with like 12 Pokeballs in it. And went to the counter Burger King and I asked for 12 small fries in exchange for my bag full of Pokeballs. And I did. I got a, uh, they handed me a paper bag full of individual uh, small French fries. And I was very happy. So. Yeah, so uh it really enjoyed playing with the Pokemon toys in fifth grade, and then it paid off in ninth grade with a bag full of french fries. So that's my <laughs> Burger King story. The first story is from Angelica, who is a UX designer, and the second story is from my coworker and friend, Andrew. Thank you so much for your submissions. When I was growing up with my two brothers, and we were all under 10 years old, we had this big van. It was one of those StarCraft vans that has a TV inside, this high roof and like fancy lights and a TV, because we took cross-country road trips, and it was just the most amazing thing ever. And we would often go to get food after school. My mom would pick us up, and she would take us... And we, of course, were obsessed with McDonald's. That was like pretty much the, really the only place you would take, no, I take it back. We would go to Burger King because Burger King had this three-story playground, which literally felt like heaven. It was so exciting to go crawl around and slide down and jump in, that whole thing. But my biggest memory of fast food is that we would go and my mom would run inside and get a giant bag of like 20 cheeseburgers and then just throw them in the back. Like we were like these rab rabid dogs and we would just like attack and go after them and just 
consume like 20 cheeseburgers. And I thought nothing of it. I was like, this is fantastic. They're delicious. And then I remember having a friend come over and she was there when we went to McDonald's and my back, my mom threw that bag in the back and she was like, what? She's like, what is happening here? <laughs> She's like, my mom would never take me to get fast food. And I said, well, we do this all the time. And I still remember the smell and the taste. I haven't gone to McDonald's in a long time. I'm now vegan, so I don't eat meat. Uh, it's been years since I've had one of those burgers, but there, there's something special. Anyone who's had them and the fries. And I'll just always remember like the excitement of getting picked up, going to get burgers, and my mom just tossed them in, in the back for our wild pack. My chubby childhood dreams came true the day I saw the commercial for the Rodeo Burger at Burger King. This was the first burger I had heard of that came served with onion rings and barbecue sauce on top. And it was bullseye barbecue sauce, to be exact. When it was introduced, my mom had signed my brother and I up for indoor swim lessons at the YMCA. And our lessons were after school hours on Thursdays, and this was during the winter. I grew up in Buffalo, New York, and so our winters were absolutely frigid. But luckily, the water was warm. So we had a few extra pounds on us and we weren't really comfortable in a bathing suit. So my brother and I just absolutely hated the swim lessons. But the one big perk to all of it, and it was definitely a big one, was the fact that my mom would take us to the Burger King that was right next door afterwards. And so inside this particular Burger King during the Buffalo winter felt just incredibly comforting. And there would be times we would go in there and the oddly shaped front windows would be fogged up. And it felt like a steam room after our torturous swim lesson. And as a 10-year-old girl, somehow I was able to devour one to two Whoppers and a large order of fries almost every visit. If there were any calories burned during the swim lesson, they were definitely thrown out the window at this point. On one particular visit, I ordered my first rodeo burger. And the onion rings were perfectly battered, and the bullseye sauce was the perfect mix of sweet and spicy. And I thought about it nonstop, and I probably ordered it every week that winter it was introduced. I'm not positive how long the rodeo burger stuck around, but I do know that it's been on my mind ever since. And it has been reintroduced a few times over the years, and it is said it can be ordered by hacking the menu. And since I just enjoy pining over things so much, those versions wouldn't really appeal to me. If you happen to have the Rodeo Burger, um, you know that it was introduced around the late 90s. Uh, it says it was introduced in 1998 as a promotion for the Small Soldiers movie. I'm not really sure what a rodeo has to do with toy soldiers. I'm still kind of asking myself that question. But I did enjoy that movie. It was very cool, I would say. And I probably watched it multiple times. But it's kind of like that chicken or the egg thing. It's like, did I like the movie because of the burger? Or did I like the burger because of the movie? Obviously, it's the burger. Anything tied to that burger would have been a masterpiece to me. And like I said, it's something I still think about to this day, and I don't eat meat very often, but I might have to if that was sitting in front of me again. In the early 90s, my sister and I would spend Friday nights at our Nana's house, which meant two things. ABC's TGIF lineup would be on TV, 
and we would get to go to Dairy Queen. The Dairy Queen was only two blocks from our Nana's house. We would walk there before TGIF started, or during one of the shows we didn't really care about. This was an older Dairy Queen. It looked like a little red house with a walk-up window. Nana would get a peanut buster parfait, and my sister and I would get Oreo blizzards. There is always something so cool about getting handed your blizzard upside down. It's been a long time since I've been to a Dairy Queen, so I don't know if they still do that, but I hope they do. We would walk back to Nana's with our treats and watch our favorite shows. I have such fond memories of those Friday nights at Nana's house. The weekend was just getting started, my favorite shows were on TV, and I was enjoying a treat from Dairy Queen. Doesn't get much better than that. That first story was brought to us by our friend Whitney from the Woman Waken podcast. She's been such a great friend of the show. Please check her out if you get a chance. That second story was brought to us by my lovely co-host Rebecca at Retroplex. And that third story was brought to us by Jamie. He is a musician at jamie.robert.dean. Another great contributor. Thank you guys for the stories. Fast food. My all-time favorite. I love hot, greasy, messy junk food. I have many funny memories about causing havoc in the drive-thru, pretending I can't hear, then read, then even see, only to pull up to the window, totally normal, and asking the kid, what's the matter? Or, the time after snowboarding with my friends, hitting the McDonald's drive-thru, getting huge bags of food, then ten minutes later, going through another McDonald's drive-thru, and pretending they had already given us our food, holding up our burgers and bags, acting all confused, and then just taking off leaving the guy at the window scratching his head. Growing up in a sort of small town, everyone with a couple grades really seemed to know each other, and I had friends at every fast food spot in town. The hookup is one of the best time-honored traditions among working-class teens. One of these friends became a shift manager at the local KFC. At some point, he started telling my best friend and I about the unbelievable amount of perfectly good food that he threw away at the end of every night. Sensing our enthusiasm, he tells us to pull out back after close one night, and of course we do. There he proceeds to bring us three big bags of everything you could get at KFC. Chicken, potatoes, coleslaw, mac and cheese, biscuits, etc. And lots of it. We loaded it up and went off into the night, looking for a place we could settle into and enjoy our feast. Eventually, we ended up at a hotel that had an outdoor courtyard with tables and chairs. We spread it all out just to stare in awe of all we had. Never have I ever seen so much KFC. We ate and ate and ate. We offered it to anyone that would walk by, and of course no one accepted. Eventually, hotel security got wise to our presence and kicked us off the property. It didn't matter at that point. I was beyond stuffed. So was my best friend. So much so, I never wanted to see KFC again. We loaded up our leftovers and drove off all around town till we ended up on the roof of the parking ramp downtown. There, we did the only thing we knew to do at the time, bomb cars with the leftover chicken and containers of sides. I can remember crying laughing when the cops rolled up and we had to run for it. I was laughing so hard I didn't think I would actually get away, but somehow we both did. Somehow I still want KFC after hearing that story. That one comes from Michael, who is an amazing designer and sign maker in Western New York. I grew up in Buffalo, New York, 
And as anyone who's ever lived in or visited the Buffalo can attest, Buffalo is basically a delicious food mecca. And so much so that food and drink are just so ingrained in the culture of Buffalo. It's a part of absolutely everything, every sport, every event. I mean everything. Like even if you're just going out to Shays, you're going to go out to, to see a show, you'll get wine and hors d'oeuvres beforehand because the options are so varied and vast. Now, and, and this makes sense too because – if you think about Buffalo, between the local classics that originated there, such as beef on a whack and chicken wings, to the foods perfected throughout the year, such as pizza, subs, Italian, all the way down to every local bistro, bar, and restaurant, there are so many amazing options. And an unfortunate byproduct of this for the fast food industry is that there's less of a demand for fast food in Buffalo, or at least there was when I was growing up, because there were so many other options. And, of course, this uh, this secondary nature of fast food was only exacerbated by the fact that there really weren't that many options. I mean, we would get the heavy hitters from across the country, McDonald's, Burger King. We didn't even get a, a Taco Bell until 95 or 6, I think. And aside from Mighty Taco, which, just as a brief aside, is still delicious to this day, and I'll always end up stopping there when I visit Buffalo. Highly recommend Aside from that, it was basically you're limited to those things. And I didn't realize until later that we had so few options, which kind of brings us to our story. When I was younger, my mom would occasionally visit our family in California. I was actually born in California, but moved at a young age. Every time we visited out here, one of the first things that I would want to do is eat because being a child on a plane I'd be very, very hungry by the time I got off. And I would always want to stop at one of the kiosks at the airport. And I even think back then there were actually fewer options, to be honest. So driving back from the airport every single time, we would always stop and get food before we would go back to my grandmother's house. And I would see all these different options, such as Jack in the Box, such as Carl's Jr. And the one that really always stuck out to me, I would always love Jack in the Box. I would always get the chicken fajita pita and the two taco meal, which was really cheap. And those were really, really tasty as well. But the thing that always stuck out to me was Carl's Jr. I wish I could say I remember the first time I ever went to one, but I can't. That's lost to time. But what I do remember is the first time biting into the meat marvel that is the Western bacon double cheeseburger. Oh, so good. Between the uh, the thicker, juicier patties that I was used to, to the barbecue sauce, nice, smoky, sweet, mesquite barbecue flavor, to the bacon that was done just perfectly well, all the way topped off with the cheese slice. I will never, ever forget just how much I would come to crave that meal, and to the point where every single time I would visit from Buffalo, one of the first stops I would ask to be taken to would be Carl's Jr. So I got to get the bacon double cheeseburger, bacon western double cheeseburger. It became a staple of every single trip, up to and including the time that I, to the times when I finally moved out here in 2011. I would still get it. It was still just as great as ever, and it still is to this day. Unfortunately, I can't have it as often as I was used to having it. Mostly because I'm older and a little bit more health conscious, but I still do find that I crave it occasionally, and when I do, it takes me all the way back to childhood. 
it takes me all the way back to those visits with my mother to this strange new land, much, much nicer climate, wonderful people, and most of all, so many, so many more fast food options. That last story is from my co-host, Steven. You can find him on Instagram at Beastly Reviews or Pizza Playhouse. And thank you to everyone who submitted stories this week. We really enjoyed them. Fast food is always interesting. And next week or in the next couple weeks, we're going to be taking submissions for the next episode, which is cereal. So if you have something for that, let us know. As always, I look forward to hearing more of your stories, and we will see you next time. Thanks again to everyone that submitted their stories. If you would like to share your story with us, please email us at treatlandpod at gmail.com. 